Hello, and welcome to Friends for Life, a podcast of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's Life Ministry. We're sharing stories and insights of real people living out God's love for the people He's created. We hope you'll stick around and be our friends for life. Thanks so much for joining us for episode 15. I'm your host, Steph Nugebauer, and today we're going to be chatting with Deaconess Kim Biltman, or as I know her, DK. This episode, she and I will be having a conversation about the vocation of singleness. Yeah, that's right. You heard it. That Lutheran word called vocation. This really is an important listen for everyone, regardless of quote unquote your relationship status, because we know that vocation has less to do about what we can obtain on our own and more to do with what God freely gives us and the people God gifts us in our lives. So if you're currently single, hopefully this episode will encourage you to rejoice in God's good gifts that he's given you today. And if you're married, hopefully this episode will encourage you to rejoice in God's good gifts that he's given you today and have eyes to see the good gifts that he's given our friends and our neighbors in their singlehood. Deaconess Kim, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here with you, Steph. Is it okay if I call you DK throughout this episode? Because that's just what I know you as. Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. Well, obviously DK because Deaconess Kim. And I've known you for some, I think going on maybe 12 or 13 years, ever since you were Deaconess at Concordia, Wisconsin. Yeah. So I started there 11 years ago. Right. I was installed exactly 11 years ago right now. So Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I've gotten to know you, of course, through my college years and then following your story throughout. But for those who don't know you, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you're up to these days? Sure. Um, Yes. So as you said, I'm a deaconess and I've served in a variety of settings from parish ministry with youth and families to college ministry at Concordia, Wisconsin. And I'm currently serving as an LCMS missionary in Leipzig, Germany. And here I get to work with refugees who are mostly from Iran and Afghanistan and also um, also just working in the German community as well. Um, we help people in need and support them through various things in their lives. Um, I've been learning the Persian language, which they speak in Iran and Afghanistan and uh, leading music for our Persian worship service and I'm just having a lot of fun with all kinds of things here in that regard. So, yeah. (laughs) Is that a hard language to learn? I would assume every language is hard. But is that pretty hard to transfer from English to learning? Yeah, you kind of have to flip your brain around because it's one of those that goes from right to left instead of left to right. So the script looks basically the same as Arabic, but there there are some differences as far as the alphabet goes and that kind of thing and pronunciation of the letters. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a, definitely a, it's been a challenge, but also a lot of fun because I really enjoy languages. So when you mentioned Iran and Afghanistan, I mean obviously right now in our country, um, major headline news as we're recording this is about the current situation in Afghanistan. Are you currently receiving any refugees uh, now from? Yeah. Um, it works. Yeah. There, there, there are people coming and uh, I actually, today I had to go into the immigration office because my own um, residence here had expired and I was picking up new documents to be able to continue to live in Germany and uh, ran into some 
uh, people there actually from Afghanistan. I heard a security officer talking with a woman or trying to talk with a woman and struggling to communicate. And then I heard him say something about Persian. And so then I said, oh, are you, does she speak Persian? And he said, yeah, do you speak Persian? I said, yeah. So, so I helped him communicate with her and she, she's already been here actually since before the situation that recently occurred with the Taliban taking over again. But, um, She's really concerned about her brother who's still there and trying to help get him here. And so I was able to kind of help her communicate and uh, with the, the people at the immigration office and get her set off in the right direction to find someone that could help her with her problems and stuff. So, but yeah, we, uh, we haven't like in our church specifically, we, we don't have any new people at this moment, but we have a lot of people from Afghanistan who are concerned about family or friends or different things like that and so yeah it's been a definitely a troubling time and uh been praying about it a lot talking with people about it quite a bit as well so yeah then in a, a given day's work what like what does a day look like for you working with um these people who have been displaced from their homes or have um come over to germany are you are you just in addition to teaching them music, then I got, well, I guess what do you do? Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, it's a, a variety of things. So, cause when they initially get here, uh, a lot of times they don't know the language at all. And so uh, we spend time with them, helping them learn. And they're, they're like, you know, government sponsored classes that they can attend once they're accepted as refugees in the country. But um, we help them with practicing German, getting used to speaking it and, um, we help them with a lot of their kind of legal documents that they're trying to sort through and figure out, okay, I got this letter from immigration office. What, what do I need to do with this? Or how do I handle this? Or help sometimes help them get in touch with lawyers that can help them with their cases or uh, different things. Uh, once they're accepted, once their asylum status is confirmed, then they uh, usually need to start looking for housing. So that takes a lot of time as well. And especially here in Leipzig, we have a housing shortage. So it's a real challenge to help them find a place to live, uh, sometimes helping them find work. And uh, just, I have sometimes gone to the doctor with people to help translate or just lots of different, different, just basic daily needs that they, you know, it's a challenge for them. So just kind of walking alongside them in life and helping them through those things. And then besides all that, just the we do obviously uh, Bible classes in Persian and baptism classes in Persian. And um, I was teaching a confirmation class. We're on summer break now, but to uh, children of the Persians, but in German, because those kids have been living here now. All of them that I had in class were at least here for uh, probably three years at, at least. And so they all speak German now really well and can read it and that's what they're learning in school. They can't read or write Persian, even though they speak it fluently. So that's kind of funny to me. But um, so, yeah, so just lots of lots of things, teaching classes and um, then preparing for worship. Like I mentioned, the music and that and just there's a lot of work still to be done because it's not like uh, there's a lot of Lutheran resources in Persian. So um, we're kind of slowly building up our repertoire of hymns and songs that we can use for worship and uh, we're, you know, continually building up what we use for liturgy and how, you know, like when I got here, they were just speaking some basic things 
And now I've been able to help them put some of that to music. And some of it's like the traditional melody that you would know, like the Agnus Dei from the old TLH melody. That's the same melody they use here in Germany. We sing, just sing that with Persian words. Or else there might be like the Nunc Dimittis is a totally Persian melody, but it's the text right of the, out of the Bible that Simeon sang. So it's kind of mm. kind of kind of a cool mix of Western oh. and and Persian music. And <laughs> yeah. Well, when when I was at CUW and you were you were there working in campus ministry, just something when I think about you, I think of, of you like with the. Uh, drums or the what do you how do you say it the djembe oh the djembe uh, I mean, <laughs> yes uh, you're pretty musically inclined and so that's that's really cool that god is using your gifts there now in that setting and and helping them expand their um their music choices there in in worship it's awesome <laughs> thanks what do you do for for fun uh because it sounds like you're super busy do you super busy, get any yeah. free time um Occasionally, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, uh, well, one of my favorite things to do when I have free time is I have two little Italian greyhound dogs and they uh, obviously like to go for walks and we live close to the forest. So we just love to go hiking for a long time in the forest. Um, and some of the things I used to do for fun haven't been available now for the past year, mm-hmm. but um, I actually uh, joined a choir here that I sing with, and uh, the director of the choir was actually, he also, um, up until this past year, he just retired from uh, directing the St. Thomas uh, Boys Choir here in Leipzig, which is pretty famous, so that was kind of cool to, to or it is cool to sing under his direction and be a part of this choir with him, and to sing in the church where Bach was the cantor, you know, several hundred years ago. Wow. And oh, uh, wow, cool. Yeah. So, really, really, really cool. Uh, love singing with that choir. And unfortunately, we haven't been able to do much now, but, um, or, or just going to concerts. Leipzig's a really, uh, has a really rich musical history. And so, there's a lot of concerts all the time. And uh, always enjoy doing that kind of thing. And yeah. So, has the, pandemic been um especially difficult with the lockdowns that are going on there and then do you do you currently live by yourself right 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 yeah how is that how has that been dealing dealing with that and and not being able to do the normal stuff yeah definitely definitely challenge um yeah definitely it's been hard um we basically for a long time, I pretty much only left house on Sundays. We we had, I think it was about five weeks in the beginning where we didn't have church. And then um, we've had church ever since. So every, I'm at least leaving the house every Sunday, but then it was just, you know, home and doing a lot, doing a lot, but from home and not really being able to interact with anyone. So it, it was kind of a struggle. And then slowly as things reopened and then it became, um, kind of time intensive because I mean all the refugees still had their needs and um but instead of being able to just open the doors of our outreach center and have them all come in and we kind of take turns helping different ones and it was okay I'm gonna drive halfway across town to this refugee home and help these couple people here with German for an hour but then then it turns into okay well you got to stay for for a meal and then you have to have you know tea is a Persians love tea, 
So then it just becomes like a whole day event when it used to be like one hour out of our like open hours time at our outreach service. So, so it was definitely, yeah, but so, and now we actually, we just got a new missionary um, who was prohibited from coming for a year because of COVID and now she's here. So she's actually uh, been staying with me and, and we, I will have a roommate, so I won't be by myself, but. I told her how nice it was to have like human interaction again on a more regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. Even, uh, you know, of course I live with Kirk and my two kids, but yeah. as things started to open up here in the States, I, oh, it was just so nice to be able to get out and see other living human oh, beings, you know, oh, apart yeah. from a, a screen. Mm. I can really, I can relate to oh, that. Man. Yeah. Just because, just because <laughs> I, you know, live with, you know, it's rather people didn't mean that I didn't have times of yeah, <laughs> feeling, yeah. feeling that, you know, too. So, but um, DK, I have you on today. You were so gracious to be willing to chat with me because you're seven hours ahead. So it's, um, it's a different time where, where you are. And I'm thankful that in your busy schedule, you, you could get on here and talk. Um, but as for as long as I've known you, you've been someone I've really respected and um, in ministry, and then also just as a, a female mentor to look up to. And um, so honestly, when when I was thinking of topics to talk about in, in terms of like life ministry stuff, singleness has always been something that I wanted to, to touch on. And um, because I know that you are currently single, I asked if you'd be willing to come on and talk to me. And so thank you for that. Um, I... In terms of, you know, this this topic, when I when I think of it, and of course now I've been married for seven years, um, but when I think on it and then I sit in the pews um, of our church, there are a lot of things that feel very catered to, and especially in ministry, to married people. And um, while that is a noble and blessed estate marriage, um, I think the church also has to to find a way or needs to balance all of its teaching on marriage um, with um, without making it sound like there's no other vocation besides marriage. And um, so I'm interested to learn from you today and uh, just kind of to hear what what you have to say about how the church is handling this currently, how maybe we could do do better and ministering to reaching out, including um, our friends who are single. And also, I think that we should kind of put out there too that single, I would include as um, someone who is not married or never has been married, but also the widowed, someone who's um, been through a divorce. And then maybe in, even in addition to that, um, people who are struggling with you know, homosexual temptations, but have um, chosen to remain single. So single kind of encompasses, it's an umbrella that I would um, consider encompassing quite a bit of different um, people in their given situations. So as we talk about it, I guess I would like us to keep in mind all of those and not just what maybe we would consider single, which is our, you know, 25-year-old single friend or, you know, granddaughter or daughter or whatever. Um, but DK, what, what really, most importantly, what does God say about singleness? Uh, does he have anything at all to say about it? Yeah, that's a great question. 
Um, I think, uh, well, we know that he says that it's, it's not good for man to be alone and all those kinds of things. And, but, um, we also read in, in Corinthians about Paul writing about the vocation of singleness a little bit there. So it's definitely, you know, also a good state of being. And, uh, I think one of the things, um, that we should keep in mind is that our identity isn't in um, like whether we're married or single, but it's in in Christ alone. And so I think, uh, you know, that it's important for single people to definitely find their identity in Christ and, and not think, okay, you know, I'm not like a whole person until I'm married or something like that. Like I'm a whole person as I am because I'm a whole person in Christ. So when I think of that, what you just said, I think of um, the, uh, you know, Jerry Maguire, uh, so played by, you know, Tom Cruise. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he goes up to Dorothy and has this speech and then says, you complete me. And oh, yeah. it's just a really classic uh, movie quote, and movie line. Um, and I think that kind of thought has seeped into American culture, especially um, by what we see on Hallmark movies and and the like. Um, and exactly what you said, the fact that uh, our identity is in Christ and um, not in another except for Christ alone. And we are completely whole in Christ exactly. and a whole person in Christ. Um, and so... It, single or, or married, no other person can complete us except for the work of Christ on the cross. Exactly. Um, so that's a great, you know, launching point to start then a more thorough discussion really on, mm -hmm. on singleness and then, and then what that means. Um, and you mentioned St. Paul in first Corinthians. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about especially chapter seven when he talks about um, right. Yeah. Being single. And he really talks very highly of uh, the vocation of singleness. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that's been the church's attitude toward um, singleness in general, especially as of, as of late? And maybe if if your answer is nah, then <laughs> then what could the church do better? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Definitely. Um, as you mentioned before, it definitely feels like there's a lot of things that are kind of geared toward married people or families. Um, yeah, sometimes it can just kind of feel awkward because, you know, like, I don't know, I was recently in in some Bible study and they were talking about, you know, um, oh, doing family devotions and kind of having this family home devotion life. And like they were trying to bring in like the single person, but the way they brought it in was just kind of, like felt like forced and awkward <laughs> and like I yeah, feel yeah. like sometimes people just don't know what to do with with single people you know like okay yeah sure so, yeah um but you know we're we're part of the body of Christ we're part of the community of the church we're part of that um and being part of that community um yeah I think it's important that uh, the church consider that and, and and look at us and think about yeah how to best serve us and include us in that community i think sometimes people i think also maybe don't expect that single people want to be like involved with families like i don't know um but i actually i enjoy that because i mean it's the whole concept of family there's different ages there's different 
groups of people coming together. And I mean, I grew up, we're all, we're all born into a family. We all grew up in a family and, uh, I'm the youngest. So I have older brothers who, um, all have children and families and they, that's always been kind of like part of my life, you know? So then when I became an adult and was in the church, then I enjoyed being friends with families and, and, and spending time with families as well as single people. So I, I don't think that there needs to be a divide there or that there needs to, there needs to be any feeling of, you know, well, we have to do something, especially for single people that where they can be with each other. So, and oftentimes like the mentality is like, so that they can like couple up. Well, okay. That's, that doesn't have to be the goal either. You know, it's just being, sure. <laughs> being shared members of the body of Christ to, to, have community with one another and build each other up in the body of Christ, you know? So, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have the answers to what we can or should be doing, but, uh, yeah, I think just being mindful that, uh, that they're part of the body of Christ as well, or we are, um, including us in things. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have a good answer for that, but yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Well, and, yeah. I, I don't know that there is either, but yeah. I, just asking the question, I think is, right, right. is important because, uh, well, everyone at some point has been single, you know, right, exactly. now, whether you got married at 18 or, or got married at 40 or 60 or haven't True. been married. I mean, at some point we all have been given that vocation. Right. Right. Um, but then even, you know, I'm only seven years into my marriage with Kirk. Um, but even then, now it's hard for me to think of what life was like before then, or yeah. to try to put myself in into the shoes of um, of a friend who is single. Sure, sure. And I have to admit, <laughs> um, one of the tendencies that I used to have, and sometimes I think I still do, but I I, tr I try to stop myself and remind myself of 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 the truth. But especially when Kirk and I were in seminary, we would. Um, you know, we were together in dating and we would, you know, see our, our single guy friends and, and then think, oh, uh, I know this, you know, cute little Lutheran girl at this, this church and they'd be perfect for each other and kind of play like this little Lutheran matchmaker. And it was kind of fun <laughs> for us. And we would even, oh, um, you know, like actually try to, you know, do that and make that happen with uh, certain couples. But I look back and I think like, stuff like that probably didn't make those people feel all that great, especially just assuming that they would they would want to meet someone or have that sure. like strong desire. Um, and I don't know, like, do you have any. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming people have tried to set you up with someone yeah. else. Yeah, I'm assuming that after a while it doesn't feel that great, especially if permission hasn't been asked or. Right. Uh, I don't know. They'd be like, hey, would you be open to this? Or you want me to leave you alone? That probably would be a more respectful way of doing it. But I guess we just assume that they're single. We need to fix this. Exactly. And, yeah. and um, maybe there's not anything to fix. And maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, that can obviously be an awkward position to be put in. Um, I mean, like you mentioned, there's a lot of reasons why people might be single. You don't know if someone, if, if someone expresses to you that they're actively seeking and desire marriage, then, you know, I think 
okay, and they want you to maybe help them find someone, great. But if they don't, and you don't know where they're at, I think it can be really awkward. And especially what, I mean, I've always been kind of like open, like I'm not um, like really pro, I've never really been proactively like, I I desperately want to get married, um, but I'm not like close off to the idea. It's just if the right person came along and it was God's will, I would definitely be open to that, obviously. But um, yeah, so when, when people, especially when they're like, they basically just want to pair you up with someone because you're both single and they don't really know how much you really have in common or how much it really could work. It just is, it can be really just kind of annoying and frustrating. <laughs> so, I could, uh, I could see, I could see that. Yeah. So, cause it's like, okay, so is there something wrong with me? You think I have to be with someone to be a, a full person or whatever, you know, like, a, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it can be, it can be difficult, but, um, yeah, I think if if someone expresses that desire and and asks you to help them out, then and that's that's great, you know. And and I mean, of course, there's always that temptation, like you said, it, it's it's there. And if I would say definitely avoid if someone's like it's just because oh this person's single, and that person's single. I mean, if you see some really significant things where you think that they could be a good match ask permission i i know this person that might that you might enjoy getting to know you know and not that not put that whole pressure on it just um that can be off-putting as well i think so yeah i can see that i can definitely so. see that and now i got married in my in my 20s um and i think people you know knew that i was actively seeking uh, a partner and um and wanted to get married. And so I, I felt really anxious about finding someone, but that's not, not necessarily the case for everybody. And I think that's maybe lesson one is that, that we should realize that, um, that there are some people who are content in their vocation of singleness and, and, and maybe they are open, but they're, (laughs) they don't need you to go out and save the day for them because they haven't (laughs) asked you to to do that. Exactly. Saving the day for them is kind of the wrong way of looking at it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, do you have? How do you find contentment in in singleness if if you are desiring a spouse? Um, what what kind of uh, encouragement or? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess how. What do you say to to that person? Yeah, I mean, I think. What one of the things you said kind of way in the beginning, I think, is something that I've said before as well is like, I think it's really important to in your life to focus on those things which God has given rather than those things which he has not. Um, and another thing that I, I read a while ago. Um, so I actually when I was on my internship here in Germany several, several years ago, uh, a friend of mine sent me a book on singleness. And so it that actually helped kind of shape my thinking and helped me kind of find contentment in that state of being. And uh, one of the things that book said was um, that it's, it's better to be single and wish that you were married than to be married and wish that you were single. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> and I, I thought that's interesting because, you know, as, as a, as a Christian person, and if you make that commitment in marriage, you want to, hold fast to that commitment and if i unfortunately in in my ministry i've 
definitely experienced marriages that were were not happy and uh, where people were struggling in and that can be a really difficult position to be in and to know that you know as a single person that status can can still change eventually and um my mom always used to tell me as well when I was growing up uh she always she told me two things and I told her I think this is why I'm single today (laughs) because of these two things she always told me (laughs) she said never Never choose a date who wouldn't make a good mate. So I was always very uh, choosy in in yeah. dating, and also DK wouldn't even go to the movies with most dudes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay, well, is he husband material? Nope. Okay, then no. <laughs> I think that's probably a pretty good rule. But anyways, what was yeah, the second one? And then yeah, well, because I mean, the, if you think about it, if you start dating someone, you're either going to end up marrying them or or breaking up. And so, you know, why, if you're pretty sure this isn't who you're going to marry, then why put yourself through all that and then end up breaking up? And Yeah, whatever. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the other one was, uh, don't choose someone that you can live with, choose someone that you can't live without. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then, you know, it's like, well, yeah, waiting to find somebody that I can't live without. And really, the only person I can't live without is Jesus. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's yeah, that's true for everyone. Yeah, but I think it. But basically, you know, the meaning behind that was, you know, don't don't settle for someone just because you desperately want to get married. Don't just settle if it's not the right person, you know, for you. So, um, so I think I've always just kind of been open to finding that right person, and and uh, but for those who, yeah, you said who really do want to get married and haven't found the right person yet. I think maybe they do want to talk to someone like friend, trusted friends and say, Hey, this is kind of what I'm looking for and what I'm praying for. And, and uh, maybe they can help kind of match them up if that's, if they're interested in that. Um, but just, but I think really don't not waiting to like start your life to get married, you know, like live and, do things that you enjoy and I think um you know like like I like going hiking or or singing in the choir or whatever it is that you enjoy just like do those things don't don't hold back or feel like oh I can't do this because I don't have a partner I don't have that person in my life yet like just do the things that you enjoy and and who knows God might lead that person to you through those things or just live your life and in faith and trust in the Lord and you know Find your contentment and your identity in him. Ultimately, that's, I mean, that's the best advice. That's what I've um, tried to do throughout my life. So (laughs) I've heard that, um, that kind of um, talk from, from single friends before, and I'm trying to, to think back even, I probably had those feelings too, where it's like, well, I'm not going to be I'm able to do this or that until I find a a spouse or I'm not going to be completely happy uh, or I won't be able to like to 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 reach that like contentment until I have this or that. And um, eventually, I think that that turns into an idol that we need to to stray from and 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 also pray about God's help in, um, you know, our priorities in the right order too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, when we when we talk about singleness and then marriage in the in the realm of what is vocation, 
then we realize that, well, this is what God has given me today. God has not given me a spouse today. God has uh, seen it fit, and it's according to his will, that today I'm single. And, and so this is what is in front of me, and I'm going to do it uh, to the glory of God. And so, <laughs> so, yes, so you're over in Germany by yourself. That hasn't held you back from making a cross-country move and, <laughs> and being busy helping and serving others. Um, and yeah, that's really, that's really wise advice from, from your mother. And also then from, from you as someone who's carried that with you. And also as a, a Christian finding joy in what God has given you today. Um, are, are there ways that people have, have talked to you either directly or, or like just about the topic indirectly that, um, but they were trying to be helpful, but really they ended up being hurtful by, by what they said. Or how, how have people like unintentionally maybe communicated to you that there's something about you that needs to be fixed and that is uh, we need to find her a spouse? <laughs> uh, That's a lot. Those were a lot of questions. But yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what, would, what are some examples of things that would not be helpful for you to hear? Um, a, because they're not true, yeah. or, or B, because um, they're making assumptions about you that also aren't true. Right. Well, we touched on the, like, kind of assuming that you want to be paired up and especially pairing you with someone that is not even really a fit just because you're both single and that sort of thing. Like, oh, here's a single friend, here's a single friend, put them together. But they have nothing in common, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, well, and I also think what I said before, just... Maybe I have had really good friends with kids and I've always enjoyed actually spending time with them and the kids. And as the kids have grown up, I'm still close with those kids. And that's been an important, those have been important relationships for me. And I think, um, and maybe not every single person does enjoy being around kids, but I, I do. So, um, but I think uh, sometimes people assume that because you're single, you don't want to hang around a family so I think you know that kind of thing um or not just not including you in plans or inviting you because oh well we're doing something with our family or with our kids so you know I think it it feels nice to be included as part of all types of age groups and and activities and and not be excluded just just on that basis, you know, oh, well, you don't have the family, so you can't be a part of this activity or something. I don't know. Um, hmm. What else? I don't know. It's interesting being here because working with the uh, Persian culture is so different because marriage is like a big part of that culture as well. So the men who are here that are single are all really wanting to be married. So I've had a lot of opportunities since coming here. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, but they, um, it's such a different culture in the way they go about it. And the way, I mean, a lot of the women I know that are married or have been married here that have come from um, Iran or Afghanistan, they were married when they were like 14 or, or something like that. So it's like arranged and it's early. And, it, and so for the men here, they cannot wrap their minds around the fact that I'm single and that I'm content in that. 
So it's a really, it's, that that's been hard because they, it's like, they don't really get that it's okay. And that I'm okay with it. <laughs> so that's, that's been a really interesting thing to kind of encounter this in the culture. Do you think that people assume that because you're single, you're lonely, that you feel lonely? Oh, maybe. Yeah, actually, probably sometimes. But is uh, that true? Is that true for you? Um, I never really thought it was until COVID. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So, and there's that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, but it, it, in general, no, I'm not. I mean, because I do have, I mean, I am really close with my family. I have a lot of really good friends. And I think that that's, those are the the gifts that I rejoice in that God has given me that I have, have people that are important to me, that love me, that that I love and that um, I do my best at staying connected to, even though it's been really hard being so far away and being in a different time zone and being extremely busy. Um, there's a lot of people that I think about and care about and want to be in touch with that I I just can't always keep up with. But but I do have um, a great network of of people like my, I mean, my family and I, especially now since COVID, we've actually been more proactive about maybe getting together on Zoom and, and uh, you know, playing a card game or something online while we're all on Zoom together. So it kind of feels like we're just hanging out at my parents' house, playing cards together like we would do oh, in the old fun. days and stuff like that. So <laughs> in the old days, like a, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Is that what you well, mean? Okay. Why well, I came to Germany before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. That too. But yeah, since I've been here almost four years, it's been a while since I've been able to do that. I haven't seen any of my family in person for over two years. So. Wow. Yeah. So. Now part of that's due to COVID, right? I mean, you were right. You were exactly. telling me before we uh, started recording that you weren't permitted to come back last year due to covid and the regulations exactly so okay yeah so it would have been a a year a little over a year but then um, because of covid now it's been over two years so yeah wow wow but you are coming back to the states soon yeah yeah and just a few very exciting yeah yes great great well i would say that during covid and how you know granted my husband is awesome and my kids are pretty awesome too, um, at their best moments, but, uh, COVID had me very lonely too. And, uh, I think an assumption we can't make is because, um, because you're single, Mm -hmm. uh, you're lonely because maybe you're not. And because you're, you're married, you're not lonely. Well, because maybe there's a global pandemic going on (laughs) or or maybe, uh, or maybe they, for other reasons, their relationship isn't uh, great, or they're struggling with um, with something else that's that's causing loneliness. Yeah. So um, I think it's good for for listeners to hear, and even myself, that um, we cannot assume that single friends are interested in in being set up, and it's because they're lonely. Um, yeah. And I would imagine, like you said, I'm making it kind of an inference here, but um, is because you have a really great community. And so just because you're single doesn't mean that you um, don't have a family because you do. You were born into a family and were given yep. the gift of family. Um, you're a, a daughter and a sister and an aunt and um, I'm sure a godmother to many and all of all of those things. So you are 
in a family, but then you've also created a community for yourself uh, within your church, of course, but then also the friendships that you have um, and the relationships of, of working with other people. So how, how does a single person kind of cultivate that community? Because we know the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for Christians to be doing life in loneliness, but to build each other, build each other up. Yeah. So I guess what, what unique ways might single people have to create community or look for community, Mm -hmm. um, that would be harder than what's natural for married people. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I mean, obviously the church is a natural place to start in terms of like building up that community of being part of the body of Christ and, and finding others who are like-minded in that, in that way. So, um, I mean, that's been one of the things that's been kind of hard here because th- there's, this is a very, uh, atheistic part of the world in this, uh, former East Germany. So finding other people who think the same and in terms of faith can be a challenge, but, um, you know, started, start at your church and, and, and you know, go to go to the Bible classes, join a Bible study. Don't be afraid to 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 reach out and make conversation and maybe even invite people to you. You know what I mean? Like host a, a gathering at your your place, do a barbecue and just invite people and get to know them or 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 start a Bible study and invite people to join. You know, I mean, take some initiative. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's, it may not be the most natural or easy thing for most people, but if you feel like you know, you're in need of community, reach out and be a friend to others and, and see who who around you maybe is in need of community as well and, and, and reach out, you know. What's that? Um, I think it's a, it was a German tradition that you, when I was in college, you had me and a couple of friends over for a meal. Was it called raclette? Yeah, I think like that. Uh, yeah, that's right. Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Okay. It's not a German thing. Yeah, well, I make that up. It actually originates in in in, in Switzerland, but um, oh. it's, it's very common here too. I've had actually, I've done that here now too, and had uh, a couple of Christmases where I just, you know, because I'm here completely uh, isolated from my family at Christmas time every year, and like I do get online with them, and we have like, you know, I join the family celebrations there, but I just like at Christmas time here, I'm just taken to inviting people, so. Um, there's an 89 year old woman who is alone and her kids live far away. And so I invite her and uh, my neighbors that are next, just right across the courtyard from me, they are a couple that don't have any other family and they're alone and, and they don't have, um, yeah, much community outside of our little apartment house here. And so I invited them and invited a few other people that I knew didn't have anywhere to go for Christmas and we did rock cut. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm rem- remembering right, for those who don't know what it is, tell us what it is. But if I'm remembering correctly, it took, like, it was a, over the course of a couple hours or it was kind of like a long, yeah. longer meal. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, do that. And then there you go. You got him for a couple hours at least, you exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> it can leave for a couple hours. So, <laughs> All right, so what is raclette? Yeah, so so it actually is a type of cheese that they have in Switzerland, and then the it's you get this raclette grill, and it like fits right on your table, and you just plug it in, and then um, 
you basically each person has like a little pan and then you can like you can there's so many different ways to do it but the the key component is that rocklet cheese like melting that on top of whatever else you got so a lot of times they do it with potatoes they'll boil up some potatoes and you put potatoes in the pan and put cheese on top of it but i've seen it done a number of ways we just had like lots of different veggies and and meats and um you can even do fruits with like mascarpone cheese and honey and like that's like the kind of the dessert one but you just have like these little pans and then you decide what you want to put in it and top it with cheese and then you put it back up under the grill and then it gets heated up and then uh, yeah, and then you eat it and then you just keep, yeah. And I mean, we can sit around and do this all day long. Making me hungry. <laughs> That's great. That's just a good, you know, single or married, whatever the situation, if you're looking to build community, Reclet is a great way to do it because Absolutely. it's like, it's, it's a meal, but you have to like work at it kind of. Exactly. And so it automatically kind of gives you something to talk about and um, is it kind of an event in itself while you're eating. And so anyways, okay. All right. Well, that was a little side tangent, but <laughs> uh, okay. So DK switching, switching gears a little bit after we just kind of brainstormed what you could do <laughs> to create community um, if you're wanting it married or single. Um, but I guess like, again, now we're trying to, 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 stand the positives and focusing on the the gifts that um god has given us and and the vocations he has what specifically uh because you're um single um what kind of opportunities do you have that maybe um your married friends don't have or what ways can you be involved in church that maybe your married friends friends with kids can't so in summary i guess um yeah, what are what are some some special gifts that you've been given because you're single? Um flexibility. Um just I don't need to I can just or spontaneity, I guess too, uh being able to really do things that um I maybe wouldn't be as easy to do if I had a family. Um just taking a call and moving to Germany and uh, traveling. And uh, when I was at CW, did lots of trips with the the students to South America and different places. And uh, I think definitely if I had had a uh, husband and children, it would have not been as easy to do a lot of those things. I don't, I probably wouldn't have done a lot of the things that I've been able to do. Um, and of course, being involved in the church is, is my career in my life but um yeah I think there are definitely uh ways that single people can can be a blessing to their congregations as well and in uh volunteering their time or being able to do things that uh having a family wouldn't allow so or would make a lot harder because you you know I mean Paul writes about that too when when a man's married then he he needs to focus on the needs of his wife and then needs of his family and um uh, and that that obviously is a very important role and and gift to have and uh but when you're single you you can t- you have the opportunity and the the ability to uh, direct more attention towards uh towards the church and serving 
the needs of others that you see around you and, and volunteering in various ways. And, and yeah, and I've, I've, I mean, for me, one of the coolest things is, you know, just the spontaneity and ability and flexibility to be able to, to travel and, and see the world and do things um, that I, I definitely know um, if I had a family, uh, I probably wouldn't be able to do. So uh, I have a group of friends from high school and there were four of us that were pretty much best friends all through high school. And uh, one, they're all married and have kids. And I have been able to visit all three of them in various parts of the U.S. and world. One of them lives in Guatemala, but they haven't been able to visit each other as easily or at all because of uh, family obligations and stuff. So I, I always think that's I'm really thankful for some of those opportunities like that. When when we're talking, um, you know, about the specific gifts that God has given you um, in your singleness. Then looking at the gifts also that marriage um, brings as well and that vocation, how how do you honor um, God's good gift of of marriage, even as a single person? And what what are ways that single people can honor marriage, even when they don't find themselves in that context themselves? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... I think uh, being there for your married friends and supporting them and encouraging them in their relationships and um, maybe remembering their anniversaries or, you know, things like that where you're just being a support and encouragement to them. That's a good answer. I kind of I kind of threw you a, a, a curveball. These are both vocations that are given us. And as we talked about, um, whatever vocation we find ourselves in, we have to, um, of course, use that to honor God and, and serve other people. And so that's not to the exclusion then also of serving and loving your married friends, your married right, right, right. neighbors. And so then even as a single person, um, you would be uh, uh, called to uphold and, and um, uphold the estate of marriage and then also encourage your friends who are married to remain um, faithful in their marriage and um, to recognize that as a good estate because that's what God has, yeah. has given them. So I think the church needs to be better at both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Better at encouraging um, everyone to, in their vocations, to um, accept those graciously as, as gifts. And then I'm also thinking, you know, really, everyone, single or married, all lives within this marriage reality that is Christ and, and his church. And so we really all have a place in this family that is God's family. Exactly. Um, and so to see our place within the family of believers um, in the way that God has called us and gifted us is a really beautiful and freeing thing and one which should offer us joy and also contentment ultimately. So DK, we've been talking for a while now Let's just recap, or maybe you can give us some, just some practical steps. If okay. we're married, how can we, just really practical ideas of how we can include and love our single friends, also encourage them, mm-hmm. not make them feel like there's something wrong with them. So yeah. essentially, how can we practically do better at caring for them? Sure. Uh, I think, uh, you know, think of them and 
invite them to dinner or yeah, invite them to dinner, talk to them at church. You know, don't dwell on on the the state of singleness. Just discover who they are as as individuals, as human beings, as as part of the family of God. That's good. So not to not look at them as an anomaly. Right. Um, but yeah. to embrace um, you know, the the various vocations and roles that that they have within the life of the church and, and maybe also specifically, because you said invite them to dinner. So like I'm a married woman. It it doesn't just have to be me and this single friend going out to dinner. You really mean have them over to your family dinner. Absolutely. And then don't yeah. treat it like it's weird. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you're, just, you're including them within your life and your normal family rhythm. Right. And right. that and you're and you're saying that that would be the right thing to do. I I love that. I would be happy to come over and, and have dinner with you and Kirk and the kids. <laughs> okay. Well, then you'll bring your raclette and then um, help us do the cheeses and but, the vegetables yeah, and all of that. That stuff. would be wonderful. Okay. I would love it. Thank you so much, DK, for joining us. I really appreciate you taking time out of your out of your life, even as you prepare to come back to the U.S. Uh, to talk to me and. God's blessings on your ministry and then also your time back home. Thank you so much. It's been a, a joy to, to be here with you and, and reconnect with you again, Steps. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and don't forget to click the follow or subscribe button on your app so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. New episodes drop the second and fourth Fridays of every month. And finally, listeners, we want to hear from you. Have an idea about a guest you'd like to hear from or a topic you want talked about? Email us at friendsforlife at lcms.org. We want to hear from you about what you want to hear about when it comes to issues of life. Thanks for joining us. Friends for Life is a podcast that introduces listeners to life issues by introducing them to friends who stand for life.